Hello and welcome to the A to Z podcast. Zach Jackson, Andre Knott, Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast at Akron Jackson, at Jerry Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. Shouts to Blue Wire, shouts to our longtime sponsor, American Fireworks. They're always open at AmericanFireworks.com. We've had some fall days, we've had some fall nights, we've still got a little bit of summer left. Dial up American Fireworks for your bonfires, your football parties, all that stuff. Good morning, Andre. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. How are you, sir? I'm great. Uh, I've just returned like in the last 15 or 20 minutes to my humble abode from Kansas City. Um, catching up on life. It's always weird to, well, first of all, just be back in the normal NFL week routine, right? After last right. year was so strange, but uh, be on a different time zone and be up in the middle of the night. And, uh, in general, I'm just catching up. And uh, I got to say, I hate to give away my good material for free, but Looks to me like Joel Batonio had more hits in three hours yesterday than the Indians had in three days this weekend. <laughs> Go to hell. The <laughs> Indians had seven hits and had seven errors over the weekend against the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, we'll do our baseball minute right now, and I'll, do the, and I'll do the sponsor. Brought to you by nobody. Let's go. Get on the, get on the train. Blue Wire would love to have you. We would love to have you. Um, Milwaukee Brewers are really good. The Indians did not match the intensity or the great pitching. And I got a feeling only three teams this year – that we've seen in person and I haven't seen every team, but only three teams this year that we've seen in person that we've walked away from saying they're in a different, they're in a different league. Uh, Tampa was one of those teams very early on. You could just tell athletically and the way they pitched, they were just on another level that we haven't seen Toronto with their bats, same thing. Uh, But the best team we've seen this year and the best team that's played progressive field this year. And I had a feeling that it was going to be this way as the Milwaukee Brewers, um, they've got a legitimate chance to win the World Series. The Indians will be retooling for 2022. Um, and on that note, I got to ask you, how was it um, traveling and doing your first game in over two years? Well, I went to them last year, but it, it, it really was different. It don't count. You know, um, to look out, to be walk, get dropped off, you know, probably 500 yards in front of the stadium, to meander our way through and then get up near the stadium and look out and see the whole tailgate scene. In Missouri, they love big trucks and big flags, right? But yeah. you could smell it more than you could see it. But um, there was a ton of Browns fans. It was electric. Um, if you listen to our last podcast, we mentioned that the two stadiums in Kansas City are way out of town. They, they share a parking lot. Yeah. You, you know, you, you can either take the interstate and get off an exit and they're there, or, or you can kind of wind through. And, I mean, Jay, we were four hours before the game, and we were still in dead, dead stop traffic. Oh, I believe it. I mean, I've tried to say it on the podcast on Friday, but you, you guys got to understand, they, they tailgate like that for baseball games. For 7 yeah. o'clock baseball games, when it's 100 degrees on a Wednesday or Thursday, and it's like 185 um, humidity, and it's a huge blacktop. It's a great area because, like you said, it's not near anything. It's not near downtown. It's basically for their, for their baseball and basketball, baseball and, and football team. But they tailgate for baseball games on Wednesday, Thursday nights, people. So imagine what they did for their opener where they all could go. Yeah, Um and then the game delivered, right? I said it was going yeah. to be four quarters of fun. Uh, it was. I thought Kevin Stefanski was awesome. Awesome. I thought Baker Mayfield was awesome for 50 minutes. You know, mm, we'll talk about that. Yeah, we will. We will. Look, because the as a quarterback, I don't want to do the quarterback thing right away. Because, and I got to say this, and we knew this already, Zach, and, I, and I'm not patting myself on the back, but there's a reason why you guys listen to this podcast. We knew that there was going to be overreaction no matter what happened on Sunday. You can't overreact on one game, one way. If they would have won, some of you guys probably be on Euclid Avenue right now waiting for, uh, you know, for the 0-16 guy. You got to breathe, man. You got you to be patient because there were so many good things that happened yesterday. 
Um, and maybe some realities are in there, but nothing has been finalized. The first week of the NFL season always gives us, I don't want to say outlandish, but always gives us things that make you kind of scratch. Well, what, I mean, what is this, what is every shitty radio show in this podcast built upon overreaction Monday, right? Right. <laughs> and, and we use we it when we talk other to. sports and we talk we other things, but we try overreaction Monday made the sports radio industry what it is. Right. And, that tied together makes the NFL has helped make the NFL the monster that it is. And especially in week one, it's overreaction Monday, win or lose. Like you just said, um, it's too early for proclamations. It is, but the Browns are in the top tier of the AFC, which we already believed that, but they showed it. And you can look at the standings and if the Ravens win tonight, you're going to look and you're going to be in fourth place. And again, it's September 13th. Who gives a shit? Right. But like, this, this is a playoff team. This is a team that can think that if it continues to ascend, it will be right back in Arrowhead on one of those two weekends, right? And that's good. That's great. It makes it enjoyable. Like you said, I, you know, I was on the phone with my mother yesterday at 930 in the morning saying, pace yourself. I know you're pumped. <laughs> right? It was like her before I was going out when I was a kid or, or uh, right, legal right. but still <laughs> until six months ago. But anyway, um, anyway, like, yeah, I mean, we could talk in circles on it, Dre. You know, the Browns have some faults and some flaws, and special teams is one of them, and the defense. Yeah. Yeah. But the Browns don't have Patrick Mahomes, and, and if that's your biggest problem, well, and it's arguable whether that is. No, because that's not their biggest problem, but it is, a, it is an obstacle. Yeah. But, like, it's if you obstacle. listed seven problems, it's on the list, right? Yeah. Well, let me, well here, let me do this. I don't know how much you got to watch the other games. And, and obviously I was doing a game during the one o'clock. Very little. But, yeah. Very yeah. Little. But I, I did watch a lot of the Steelers um, bills game. It's a really good game. And I've kind of quietly tried to say this all off season long, calm down on, on, on running the Steelers out of town. Um, they're a professional unit. And I would say the same thing about the team that's going to play tonight. Don't throw Baltimore you know, Ravens out because of everything that they've gone through, the way that they do their organization, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to compete. They're not going to roll over and just and lose games because a couple guys that got hurt. Um, and Buffalo got a rude awakening and, and, you know, you could do the question. And if we were doing radio and we needed people to call and we didn't have our own opinions uh, and we didn't know what we were talking about, we would open up the phone lines at two one six five seven eight jackass and say, Hey, who would you rather be today? The Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen making this much money? Or would you rather have Baker Mayfield and the Browns? Cause there's two Oh one teams that were the most talked about AFC teams um, in the off season. And, and I don't want to be that guy, but I got to tell you, Zach, in, in the games I watch and I've texted you about a couple of things um, and it's one game and I'm not surprised that the Steelers defense did what they did to Josh Allen. But if I'm in Buffalo right now, I would be inquisitive as to why they did not go out and get a big time, not a big time running back, but just a bigger running back. Um, in the, I know that Josh Allen can run. I know that he can move, but he was basically their main runner most of the game. And he, Watt and those guys beat the hell out of him. And I know he's a big guy. I know he's, he's talented. Season for that. He's gotten so much. He's gotten so much better. He's so much more accurate than he was when he first came into the league. I just don't see how that sustains. And they got, they got about 50, 60 yards late in the game rushing from their smaller running back. But I will say this, and I think they have a good coach, and they've got a good team, and they're still going to win 11 or 12 games just like the Browns. But I'll say after one week, and this isn't my jump off the bridge, I, you know, hindsight, I know everything. But after one game, I like what the Browns coaching staff is doing with their quarterback more so than I like what 
Buffalo is doing with Josh Allen. I didn't see them give him enough help in the run game, and the Steelers took advantage of it. Not surprising, but in week one, um, when you have all year to prepare, and you've, Zach tells you this all year long, these teams did not sit around in the offseason and eat bonbons uh, and drink beer like we did. They sat around getting ready for game one and getting ready for the team that they were playing, and you could see the Steelers did that. And I'll say this. I thought Browns, I thought Joe Woods, and I know this isn't the, the – everybody's not going to agree with me, and I don't care. Joe Woods, for the most part, set up that defense, and the reason why they went in the half with the score they did was two ways, because they went out and had a six-minute drive to start the game. But he bunched that defense up great. They've given Mahomes problems inside the red zone somehow, some way. Um, the game got, it didn't get away from him. We told you they were going to have to score 30, and you knew there was a Tyreek Hill play in there. And I know some people were like, that's lucky, that's that, maybe. But they do that six times a year, seven times a year. That's part of who they are. Well, they do it six times a game to a lot of teams. And right. for 50 minutes, the Browns kept them from doing it, right? right. Um, and, and look, at, when Chubb fumbles, that, that's a huge play. And that yes. was a huge play when it happened, and it's a huge play 20 hours later, right? Mm-hmm. But the defense rose up and held him to three there. Um, for 50 minutes, the Browns' defense made them earn everything again, right? And, and, you know, we do question schemes, some more than others, some that, yeah. that have film in their mom's basement, right? Some that played at St. Ignatius and know everything, right? Um, I don't know. Some are right. laminating, laminating plays. Do I think they could have mixed it up a little more because it did seem like 87 and 10 were getting way too many free releases? Yeah, but Wait, what is time, the right I'm glad range? you said that. I'm glad you said that because a lot of people say that don't have anything with the, I have any idea what they're talking about. How else are you going to guard two of the best receivers in the NFL? Yeah. They bunched up the middle most of the game, and they kept the two safeties deep, and they, and they, they did a good job in keeping – most of the catches Tyreek had were underneath, and – it's the problem every team has, Zach. Like yeah, they, me, they have, they have right. two special, special players. That, that, they have three special players, the quarterback, the tight end, and Hill. That is a difficult, that's a difficult thing to defend by everybody. And Ronnie Harrison, yeah, I know the coach wasn't right. Greg Lewis should be fined and suspended as well. But you never, ever, ever can push or punch a coach. And, and the second guy always gets caught. It's always. Oh, it happens in youth football, Drake. Yes. Always. Right? You just can't do it. You can't um, do it. Th- this might not be a popular opinion either. And I haven't, like I said, I, I've been in airplanes all day. I, I haven't watched the game again. Um, even when the Chiefs were chewing up yards, and, and like I said, we told you it was good, they were going to have to score 30, and they didn't. Um, I thought it was noticeable that John Johnson, Walker, and Malik Jackson, to name a few, were upgrades. I really thought that. And so that's encouraging, right? Totally. Um, I'll just, I'll just say this. <laughs> Kevin Stefanski is a freaking football genius. He's got a good team and he knows it. And, and these guys went out and with the exception of a few plays gave their best effort. The other team has Patrick Mahomes. And so everybody else has to deal with their flaws and deal with the pressure of flirting with near, near perfection for 60 minutes. Right. And yes, it will be a talking point inside and outside about the Browns focusing and finishing because no lead was safe last year. Right. Because right. even, you know, they only played a handful of boring games. They're in it. And now, especially from late last year to now when you're living and dying with every play, because you know, it's high stakes and you're, you know, you're past the just believing stage, you got to finish and all three phases got to finish to go full football coach cliche. Right. But I, I think the difference in that game is that Mahomes is a football genius on the field. 
and he just is able to do things that force you to to be at a level that you can't sustain for 60 minutes in order to beat them. That's just what I think. I mean, hey, let's put it this way. Tom Brady was a goat in the AFC, and Peyton Manning was a goat in the AFC for a very long time. Um, and then the time that they were, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I mean, Mahomes ain't going anywhere. Um, we can fantasize and we can throw all the parades and all the parties and we can make all the podcasts we want and make all the t-shirts we want and, and dog check all we want. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the, is the, you know, he's, he's the elephant in the room. He's not going anywhere, but I will say this and you can tell me when I'm wrong. You had two of the best quarterbacks of all time in the AFC for what, 12, 13 years, 14 years straight. And other teams somehow snuck through and made it to the, to the Super Bowl, whether it be the Steelers um, who won, you know, with Roethlisberger, you can win uh, having one of the best in your, on your side. Um, but I will say this is part of the equation is you got to figure out how to beat that team. And defensively, they didn't have two of their better defensive players yesterday. Um, the Honey Badger is an important part of their defense. Um, Hugely important. Huge. I mean, that's a part of it. Their offensive line, if healthy, the next time you see them will probably play better than it did yesterday because they had so many rookies out there. Um, and, I, and I don't want to be the negative guy. I'll stay positive. Um, you, I just want to talk about the coach for a minute, Stefanski. His game plan, you know, we always used to brag about Bill Walsh. And I know he wasn't the first, but he was kind of the first one that it was discussed so much about where he would have the scripted first 20 plays. Andy Reid is, is, is another one that's just, just, just a beautiful job of, of setting up an offense and getting guys involved and, and getting the team off to a good start. And if you Stefanski's first 20, 25 play calls, I mean, perfection, man. Anthony Schwartz, I didn't even know who he was. The first time they threw the number 10, I literally said, did somebody change their number? Because I didn't even, like, you know, I've been busy. I, I literally didn't know that who that was. And the way he implemented him into the game plan, um, just beautiful. I mean, he got everyone involved. The Chubb runs. Um, then the, even the fourth and one handoff to Landry. I don't think Landry had gotten a touch before that. It was almost like you It was his about, first touch. Yeah. yeah, I mean, his first touch of the year is on a reverse. And, and, and then he's – Landry is just well, – you if you listen to this podcast, you know that we, I think the world – and I think I don't want to speak for Zach. We think the world of what Landry is on, on the field. From one to four, four to seven, um, give, me, give me 22 Jarvis Landrys and, and I'll take on the world. Um, but how Stefanski used him. Um, he, you know, he used, he's not a gadget guy, but you can run gadget stuff with him. Um, there was a pass late to Schwartz that Baker could have thrown better. Um, and I'm keeping Baker to the, to the end to talk about because Baker was beautiful for most of the game. Um, but I got to say this, you mentioned the Chubb fumble and that's just, you can't, that can't happen. That guy never does that. But now two games in a row in Kansas city, Zach, he's had some issues with the ball, but ball security. And that's just not him. And I'm not ringing an alarm, um, but it can't happen. It just can't happen. Um, and he knows that, so I don't have to keep going through it because he's never really done it in his whole career. Baker was top five. He was top five, top ten quarterback for three quarters. And unfortunately, and I'm going through this as a father with my daughter, who is a perfectionist. And she gets really pissed off when she can't, when she swings and misses in softball. And on one hand, I love it. But on the other hand, I hate it because it's hard for me right now to be able to get across to her that that's part of the game. You're going to swing and miss. Um, you're going to strike out. You can hit balls hard. Like, I literally had to have the conversation with my daughter last week, and my wife brought it up, thank God, of, and explaining to her that, um, you know, the best hitters in baseball 
the best of all time making out seven out of ten times. Uh, you know, because that's just how the game plays out. In Baker's situation, and I know you guys had a story up on the on the athletic. I've read bits and pieces. I've been kind of reading a lot of stuff, bits and pieces. I hate throwing out numbers from two years ago or a year ago, but in the fourth quarter, you're judged a little differently. And for better or worse, we, you know, we put the Jordan face on the guy that doesn't come through in the fourth quarter, and we do parades for the guy that does. And, you know, and every game's different. Every, every situation is different. And the pass that he that got picked off, you know, he gets his legs grabbed. He, he needs to throw the ball away. You need to pick up on that. I'm going to say this, and I'm saying it the right way. To be who we want to be, you got to be better than Mahomes in the fourth quarter, and not many are capable. And it's hard. Um, I don't know if he's capable yet. Look, again, I'm going to echo you. This is just one game. <laughs> saying I don't want this to be negative. I, I mean, if you whether you read my articles or not, or whether you've listened, like I, I've I've been positive. I I felt good about the Browns going into yesterday. I left that stadium and flew home today feeling good about the Browns. These are the facts going forward. Last year, the Cleveland Browns were judged against their wretched history, right? And even early on when it was the growing pains and it was the weird COVID year and there was new guys and new things with like winning four games in a row after you lost your opener, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You were feeling your way through. Then it was like, okay, we're crushing this 1994 streak, this 2002 streak, this 2007 streak. I mean, shit that's not supposed to happen, right? We've all been over that. I wrote a book about it, for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Now the Browns are being measured against the rest of the league and against their own lofty expectations, and that's a good thing. That's progress. And now they're being measured against Kansas City Chiefs and against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and all of that. And the fact is for them to win games – and this goes for Jarvis, and this goes for Joel Batonio, and for John Johnson, and the list goes on and on and on. They have to win the games for us to remember their performances. We can appreciate what Jarvis does off the field and how hard he's played in the past. They have to win. And all of this spins forward to Baker. Baker has taken the reins of the huddle. Baker, I think, has handled himself in every setting on and off the field like a pro. And Baker threw dimes yesterday for the first 50 minutes. Going forward, this is not my opinion. This is fact. And this is not about this podcast or someone else's show or the guy with club seats in 346 or Jimmy Haslam, right? You're going to be defined by whether you win and how you perform in those close minutes because that's what people are watching. That's what makes the NFL Sundays. That's why this league is so competitive. And that's why people are thinking that when the Browns play the Steelers, and the Cardinals, and down the road, the Ravens, that prices are going to be outrageous, and that eyes are going to be glued, and that everything's going to be at stake, the kind of games this organization has not played consistently since Dre and I were in fucking middle school. Bingo. you got to do it in the last 10 minutes, because if you don't, that's how you're going to be remembered. Well, and if you do, the, that's how you're going to be remembered. Yeah, one of the best quotes Michael Jordan you know, has had, and, I'm gonna, and I'll mess it up because that's what I do, um, you know, he missed just as many game-winning shots as he took. He missed more game-winning shots than he took, right? Like, you're, you you got to fail in those situations, but you got to get better at it. And th- there's going to be more opportunities. There's going to be more moments. Um, you know, you can get excited when, you know, he did it last, you know, against Cincinnati. 
that way. Because you know what? He came out. He was extremely accurate. Um, like there were a lot of things to take well from that game. There's a ton. And there's so many more options of what this offense will become and what it will be. Um, when you get Odell back, you know, you barely use their, your second running back. I mean, I know he had a two-point conversion and he had a, touchdown, had a touchdown run. Hunt barely played. And then that's okay because everyone else was, was getting touch and getting run, and that's just how the game went. Um, but, you know, here's the other thing. Chris Jones plays on the inside, right? For the most part, you, were at the, you didn't hear his name yesterday. But when they needed a big play, he bumped out and went against the right tackle. Right tackle's pretty damn good, makes really good money, and he beat him in a big key moment when it was loud, when the crowd had just got back into the game, um, when it was hot. I, I thought you saw some of those factors did come in. I think playing against crowds, that is a big deal considering what you went through last year where you never had to go through that. And for the most part, Stefanski and Baker kept that crowd out of the game because of what they did early in the game. That there first was a drive, stretch, it was dead quiet. Yes, and it's beautiful. And that never happens there. Because I, 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 we told you last week, that is one of the loudest stadiums in America. And they had that place quiet for two and a half, three hours. It's top three and it's not three. I'll tell you that. Right. Right. So, but when it got turned up, Zach, some issues start happening and nerves start happening. A punter who was just okay last year, really good two years ago. You hate to be judged upon one play, one bobble, but in the NFL, that's kind of how you're judged. You got to catch that and you got to punt that. You know, you, you hear complimentary football all the time, and it's amazing. When this team stunk for the last 20 years, the special teams was top-notch and better than anyone else's. And suddenly now you have this roster full of stars and rock stars, and special teams is iffy at best. They have to you – know, I did text you something that does excite me. JOK, if he doesn't knock his own head off, will be a, a dynamo, dynamo on special teams. He was like the first guy down on every kickoff. I know that's not something that we brag about, but obviously, they need help in special teams. Now, he helped defensively as well, but it's nice to see a guy drafted that high. You can find, you know, 10, 15 ways for him to help you, even on opening day after he missed so much time in the preseason. Well, they started him yesterday, yeah. and then he was pulled. So I noticed that. Was that question asked to the coach? Yeah. Well, you know, I haven't seen the transcript because the Zoom is when I was in the air today. Uh, so okay. I don't know. Coach wouldn't answer that straight up. That, that's for Joe Woods, who I believe speaks on Thursday. Right. And that's certainly on my list. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I think you run the risk here of not looking deeper at the game. And, on, you know, the unfortunate timing is this is our podcast window and I haven't had a chance to, right. to rewatch it or, or, or go through it. Um, you know, Malik McDowell starting his first NFL game and playing 45 plays is a good thing. He was a right? monster, by the way. He was uh, a monster. Jedrick Wills going down is a bad thing. Now, mm-hmm. Stefanski did say that x-rays were negative. You know, I don't know that he's going to – I'm not sure I believe the day-to-day, but, again, I'm, I'm not in there, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, Ronnie Harrison doing dumb stuff that hurts the team. You guys are exactly right. I don't know how they planned to adjudicate that because the first thing they did was call the penalty on the coach right. and at a conference out of nowhere. I don't, I don't know if they got picked they got down bust. the sideline or not. I'm pretty sure they got busted in New York. I mean, I was texting you. I was texting you during all of this, but from the sounds of what I got, and this isn't one hundred percent. Certain plays like that can be buzzed in from New York. Of, okay. Hey, this guy okay. swung. This guy swung on somebody. Well, inside. so I don't. You guys are exactly right that once they took the time to do that, and he rightly was ejected. The other coach probably should have been ejected too. Yeah, he should have been. But again, like I understand as a Browns fan, you're mad and you're saying that. 
but your guy can't do that. You no. just can't. And you can't. You got to hold your water. This is yes. what big when you're losing team, your head in these big games. We'll go to the point of this: that you're going to be measured by do you win, do you live up to the hype, right? Like it's going to take a certain number to be the two seed in the AFC or the three. It's going to take a certain number of wins to win the AFC North and get that long-awaited uh, home playoff game, right? Like it's it's there's margin for error this week when you play. Rice University slash Houston, Texas, right? There might be margin for error the next week when the Bears trot out a couple garbage men to try to block Miles Garrett, right? Oh, but, time out, time out, time out. You brought up Miles Garrett. I'm a big fan. Very quiet yesterday for the most part. Did Clowney, clown, and, and, and this, isn't, this is an assessment. This is an assessment of a 60-minute game. And it doesn't mean, and I think the guy, here's the deal. I feel like the guy's the top five, top three player in the NFL defensively. I heard J.J. Watt's name way more than I heard his yesterday. Um, well, Clowney, I, I thought, made – I think Clowney made more impact plays than he did yesterday. Yeah, well, I, and not to put down Clowney, and, and there was a couple times they closed quickly and you were like, holy yeah. shit, like these yeah. guys are going to blast some people, right? But I know on one of them that the guy just blocked the wrong guy and Clowney came in the backfield. Now he came and, and that happens with, with violence, right? Yeah. Um, and – just again, not having rewatched it, they schemed for Miles Garrett. They, no you know, changed when they doubled him and when they didn't. They left him unblocked and threw over his head on third down. Um, you know, they were not going to let. They said, "There's one way that this team can keep us from scoring thirty some points, and that's for Miles Garrett to get back there and ruin our day." Yeah, you know? yeah, and I mean, like you said, but you know, here's what I'll counter that with. Every team schemes to keep Miles Garrett away from their quarterback. <laughs> like that's part yeah, of every, That's the whole point of what we're saying here is not every team is is, is, is capable, team. right? But you you expect, and like I said, I hate even having this conversation, and I only will have this conversation with you. I wouldn't do this with most people. There's only a handful of people that I could have real conversations with because it's not like I'm saying he's not a, a fabulous player. Your expectations are just a little bit higher when you have a guy of that caliber. You know what I mean? Like, that's just – that's all I'm getting at. Like, I don't expect, uh, you know, Mac Wilson. When Mac Wilson miss, misses a tackle, I chuckle and wait for it just to come up on Twitter because, you know, it is what it is. I have higher expectations for a guy like Miles Garrett. And, yeah, he, and he didn't kill you. And you're right. It cha he changes a lot of your offense. They don't run his way. They basically took the run game away from the Chiefs yesterday. Um, and, and a lot of it plays into how good the defensive line got played. The, the guys – I'll tell you what. I thought that you would miss Sheldon Richardson. Now, it's one game, 60 minutes. Sheldon Richardson wasn't missed that much. I kind of like what they did with the guys in the middle for yesterday's game. Um, but in a game like that, and Miles has probably made us, you know, he's spoiled us a little bit. In a game that close, if you're going to go to Kansas City and beat a team of Kansas City's, you know, elk, you're going to need your special players to make special plays is all I'm saying, Zach. No, you are. You are. Um the Browns outcoached the Chiefs and didn't win, right? The Browns had the ball three times in the first half and scored three touchdowns, smartly went for a two-point conversion, maximized an awkward situation and gave themselves an extra chance to score with four seconds left. Like, you know, didn't turn the ball over until there was 46 seconds left in the game or whatever it was. Like, all of these things are supposed to be a win. So I get yeah. it. I just – Jason Lloyd and I had this discussion last night. I still think, Jared, that you stop short of saying should have won and you firmly say could have won 
because I yeah, just you got to say could should it, should you're to me no offense and anybody that you don't you don't say stuff like that. You're being an asshole if you say you should have won because that that that's no, but, just no, but that's, that's what just, everybody says. Hold up, that's but, what everybody says. And everybody's stupid that says it because you're you're disrespecting another team. That's a you're disrespecting. Like I keep telling people, hey, the other team gets paid. And they're pretty damn good. And that team's got like four or five guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame at the end of all of this. <laughs> like, so, like, they win games like this all the time, like, especially at their place. This was just a nasty other thing. This was just another Sunday for the Kansas City Chiefs. It is. It is. But it was their first game off the Super Bowl hangover, right? Um, unveiling their their new offensive line, knowing that this, the stadium was going to be full. And they respect the heck out of the Browns, and the Browns have earned that. Nobody gave For the sure. Browns that, right? For sure. Um, you know, <laughs> the Browns have arrived, right? That, that's inarguable. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, the way I look at it, if you get to the AFC's Final Four, you're a real contender. They did that. Yes. You go play – in Arrowhead, the way they played five and a half quarters until the end yesterday, you're a real contender. You've earned everybody's respect, right? And so people that were already on board, a lot of them being nerd football that loves Andrew Barry, a lot of them being power football that loves Kevin Stefanski and Bill Callahan and Wyatt Teller and Joel Batonio and Nick Ch- I mean, there's a lot to love there. And I yeah. just think those guys are finding a groove. They're going to improve. I worry about the defense. I worry about the special teams. And I just think you're going to turn the ball over when you're playing against other guys that get paid. But, you know, needless turnovers and individual dumb shit can sink you. In- injuries yes. stand on their own. They happen and, and you, you can't control them, right? Um, and when you look you at the punter not catching the ball and Mr. Reliable dropping the ball and it ending like it did, and, and I think he was trying to throw it away, too. It doesn't matter if he wasn't. They, they lost. Yeah. They just – for the last three possessions of the game, there was three possessions after the Tyreek Hill touchdown, and the Browns got one first down. It wasn't about the one play where Sorensen takes out his no. ankle where he's trying to plant, right? Hey, the Chiefs turned it up. The crowd turned it up, and they didn't match and they, that they did. Like That's what I take away from it. So the press box there is on top of the stadium, so you are getting like that in-person all-22 view you're on the top top right right but and then i was in the second level of of that press box which is pretty raised up so i was top 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 and at one point about in that seven to ten minutes left i went down to the first level to talk to jason and you could see the crowd like right next to you and like that's an environment if you can go beat them in games that really count later in the season in there you're gonna have earned it um, and it's part of the reason I keep cautioning. Sure. This hey, is my whole if thesis. I'm, if I get on that plane, yes. Well, this is my if whole I thesis. If I get on that plane, there is a right. gap. If I get on that plane with and the Chiefs, there's a gap. Well, yeah. And if I get on that plane yesterday with the, that team, I tell them we got to do this one or two ways. Either we go out and kick ass the rest of the year, or we make the Chiefs come to Cleveland Brown Stadium. Are we prepared the rest of the season for how we're going to deal with this in December or January? Because that's where you're at. Yes, there's a gap, but there's a gap between the Browns and probably the other 12, 13 teams in the AFC. And that's okay. That's, that's a good thing. And it's good to be able to – you know what? I, didn't, I wasn't crazy about starting the season with this matchup. Um, but 
the positive I think you can take from it, Zach, is that's your measuring stick. And it's good to know in September, it's good to wake up for me on September 13th and say, if that's our measuring stick and that's where we need to go to go to be who we want to be, then I like where we're at because I like knowing what I need to battle and what I need to do to get there. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, so it's like that's to me, that's beautiful because Stefanski now has for the rest of the season. Every time a guy wants to fight during, after a play, he can say, hey, this is remember what happened in Kansas City when we, we punched a coach? Every time the punter makes a mistake, every time Chubb puts the ball on the ground, these are those moments where you say, every time you practice it, you don't throw the ball away when you need to. Need to. You simply say, hey, if we want to be great, these are the things in the moments that we cannot mess up. You, you, you're 100% right. You left one thing out. You're not getting back to Kansas City if you don't clean up the special teams. Yeah, you're right. That's, you know, that's so, an issue. Right, you start taking a deeper dive there, you would have loved to get that kid a field goal yesterday. Right? Yeah. Because you got to know. <laughs> and, and now you have two games you should – I mean, the Browns are 12-point favorites this week. Like, that happens in the NFL about 10 times a whole year. They're almost A team is almost a two-touchdown favorite. Right? Right. Um, you, you got time to work on some things, and, and you're going to eventually work 13 back in. You know, people are saying Chubb didn't get the ball enough and the split was too close. Guys, I, I think that's the plan. I think he's got the, their usage of those guys charted, and I, and I support yeah. it. I really do. And, and, and they are different backs. Like, Kareem right. is, mo- is a better passing down back. That's proven. It yeah. is. And you know what? Here, I'm going to say something scary. He may be better, a better goal line back. It's weird yeah, to say that, you know but what? he they is. They operate He's... like that too, and and I think some of it might be that they feel like that they've they've used Chubb to the point in getting in inside the five yard line that the defense is worn down and that he's he's worn out. But Kareem's jumps and cuts and, oh. in that area are pretty pretty rare, no doubt. Well, think about when they brought him in for his touchdown. You could tell Kansas City was worn out, and so was Chubb, and he comes in there 100%, and they couldn't touch him. It's, no. it's not fair. It's not fair when they do that. It really isn't because he's that talented. Yeah. Look, there, there is a plan for everything, and there is an internal – assumption's not the right word. Um, internal, resignment's not the right yeah. word. Uh, There's a, there is a um, collective belief that the defense will be good given time. I, agree. I think that's a fair way to say it. That is fair. You know, um, uh, but a lot there, of are, where we- there are worries. Um, and one of them is that they don't have Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, and you know what? There's 29 other teams. There's 20, 31 other teams I, that I have know, that same issue. But you got to worry about one. You do. <laughs> um, and they went and got JOK. And they went and got Greg Newsom because they know it runs through the purple and black team and Patrick Mahomes. And we'll see how it goes with the Steelers. Right. You know what's funny? I think right now the price for Brown Steelers tickets on Halloween is going to be like two kidneys oh, and one child. No kidding. And, and most will give it up. And most in Cleveland will give it up. You know the <laughs> yes, beautiful thing? You know the beautiful thing about this? You just brought up Newsom's name, and I feel like it really didn't get mentioned yesterday, and that's a positive. No, they, they protected him, but no, he, he handled himself right. Like, like I said, I, I, I need to go back and rewatch and see – I thought that's there were big. Times I could have mixed it up, but I, I, I didn't hate the game plan. I did not. I did not. It succeeded for no. much of the day. All right. I got to ask you something. All right. I'm sure we'll do more assessments at Ohio, on, on the Browns and where they're at. I think it was a good way to start the season. I, I love that football's back. I love that we were able to have fantasy football conversations. Um, I, we can talk later about some other games that jumped out to me yesterday. I thought Jameis Winston was, was unbelievable. 
Um, I was surprised by the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, and, and you called that. Um, Bengals Joe Burrow played really well. Uh, he was fun to watch. Kyler Murray is a video game uh, to watch. Seahawks are still really good. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, that offseason whining, as much as we were behind it, did not look good when they played on the field. We'll get to all that later, but I got to ask you about Ohio State because I know we're up against it. I know that you know Kerry Combs' family a little bit. Uh, I like Kerry, but his defense didn't play like they have a bunch of five-star guys. And I'm used to when I watch Ohio State football, I'm used to watching five-star defensive linemen uh, and cornerbacks, and I did not see that Saturday. Let me say this. I think Oregon is a really, really good team. They're really well coached. They've got a quarterback that's in his, like, seventh year. Um, they were playing without two of their best defensive players. Look, we've been so spoiled by Ohio State football that I think people lose their mind when they lose a game at the horseshoe. Um, and rightly so. You only see it like every four years. But half of Ohio wants to run carry back to, to Cincinnati. Is it, it, it can't be as simple as that, can it, Zach? No, I don't think so. Um, I watched the game, most of it. Um, in my hotel room, I know there were a lot of scheme experts on Twitter, as there always are. You're right. It does not look like, you know, the defensive talent doesn't match the offensive talent. And one thing that I chuckled to myself in the hotel room is after what I thought was a completely dominant performance by the O-line, too, that we talked up in the last podcast, I thought they got their asses kicked, too, in that game. I, I yes. thought Oregon was the more prepared team. I thought Oregon was the more aggressive team. And from the time Verdell snuck on that long run, they just – they were like, we believe, they were a little quicker all day. I mean, the freshman played like a freshman. And, uh, yeah, so the defense giving up the big plays – what was a part of it you know do you have to play man against that kind of offense you know could you have made I, I, again well, I, I can't you gotta really play here that. here's my two cents as a, as a guy you got to play man when you can't stop the run and you got to put somebody in the box and it couldn't stop the run right you know like um, what comes what comes first stopping uh, the run yeah and it's the old defensive adage of well if i can't stop the run I, that's why when i hear people bitch about what the browns do on defense is like hey uh they've stopped they've taken one component away from them that's half your job. Ohio State couldn't do either on Saturday. No, they, they, they couldn't. And it is stunning um, when they do lose in the horseshoe because, as you said, it doesn't happen. No one expects it to happen. They were a two-touchdown or even 14-and-a-half, 15-point favorite in that game. Everybody's already looking ahead, um, you know, to, to bigger things. So they got some growing up to do. You know, the year they won it, when they beat Oregon at the end of the year, it was week two at home when they lost, right? So right. I'm not saying this team can do that by any means. I'm saying the lasting lesson here is we've been through um, a lot of these football seasons, right? And the teams and players we crown in September and even October are all too often not the ones that wear the crowns in November, December, January, now February, right, for the NFL. So, um, hey, And maybe the Pac-10 is bouncing back. They had two big wins last year. They do. Had a couple they big do have some big wins. So – um, and if you're going to lose, if you're, if you're Ohio State and you're going to lose, that's the game to lose. I'm looking forward. Cincinnati plays at Indiana this coming Saturday, and then in two weeks goes to Notre Dame. Um, SEC play starts the next couple of weeks with some big games. I think Alabama plays Florida. A&M plays Arkansas. You know, right now, Dre, I think there's Alabama, and we don't know about anybody else. No. Right? I mean, Clemson's right. replacing the, their guy. And, and Ohio State's replacing a lot of guys, including their guy at quarterback, and just got stunned at home. So is this a year where the maturity isn't enough for the talent to take over and they're vulnerable? 
or did they need this reality check and they go steamroll the Big Ten and nobody wants to play them in that playoff semifinal? I, I don't know. You know, I, I saw today it, between connecting flights, it was like, well, how is Ohio State going to get to the playoff? Like, relax, guys. Everybody has 10, 11 games left. Like, teams are going to get beat. They always do, right? right. Oklahoma barely escaped Tulane and then bounced back by beating Western Carolina. I don't think we can pencil them in the playoffs. Notre Dame almost lost to Toledo. <laughs> right. Notre Dame was losing to Toledo in the last two minutes. And so, yeah, I, I just – I think it's too early for assumptions. But, uh, you know, and maybe Ohio State got caught looking ahead to Akron in a couple of weeks. That would be understandable. You know, Penn State plays Auburn this week. I believe it's a night game. That's certainly one I want to watch. I look at Penn State as the only team in the East that has a talent to keep up with Ohio State. Did Oregon provide a blueprint for everybody? Or was Oregon just way better – than, than we thought. I don't think we know that answer right now. And as we always say here on A to Z, the truth is in the middle. It's never generally one thing. And it's never, and the jumping to conclusions usually lands in a sprained ankle rather than something you can Twitter victory lap about. Yeah. No, and I mean, this is a part of it. Like I said, we've been spoiled by Ohio State football. And I think college football is just in a, a weird rut right now. I mean, look what happened to Texas. Um, I think, I think, I think there's an arrogance to all of us, to our favorite college football team, no matter where you're listening to this. And I think this year, your arrogance is going to get knocked off the block unless you're an Alabama fan. <laughs> That's what I would say. I think everybody has it from what I've seen early. Now, obviously some things are going to change and some teams are going to get hot. Um, but there's been so much turnover and so many different things that have happened. It just looks like the only team that's dealt with this best is Alabama. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And each team has played eight quarters, right? And right. Most of those teams have played four quarters against competitive opponents. I mean, the Buckeyes are one of the few teams that's played eight quarters against competitive opponents. Which right? is a good thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that should be a good thing because now they got two weeks at home to get right and then, and then be ready for big 10 play. Uh, I'm out of here, Dre. I got to run. You got anything else? Uh, I got a ton of stuff else, but you know what? I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for listening to Brownstown. Um, uh, episode four comes out Tuesday uh, morning. Uh, it's a little bit about, I got to remember what it's about. It's a little bit about Tim Couch and, and, and we start talking about Butch Davis. Um, just thank you for everybody that's watched it or listened to it. Excuse me. Make sure you tell a friend to subscribe and all that other good stuff. We're appreciating it so far. Um, big week. Got, only, got a double header with the Indians on Tuesday. We're, we're only doing one game. Uh, and we're only a couple weeks away from the season being over. I'm kind of getting excited about that. I would imagine so. I would imagine. So. <laughs> Thank up. you guys for listening, for sharing, downloading, tweeting, reposting, all that stuff. Thanks for American Fireworks. Remember, always open at AmericanFireworks.com. If you're in the area there in Hudson, not far from 480, not far from the Turnpike, go there. Tell them A to Z sent you. We will have another one later in the week. We are so darn glad football is back. We know you are too. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. See you.